The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And away we go. It's another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Editor's Show. My name is Pete Sweeney. I am the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, joined once again by my esteemed executive editor, John Dixon. John, we got a a snow day type of thing here in, in Kansas City. We got, I'm looking at right now, looks like some light snow, and uh, that'll be followed with, with some heavier snow later tonight. Are you going to snow plow? Are you a shovel man? Are you just going to let nature take its course what what's your plan here yeah uh i'm just gonna let nature take take its course it's you know it is what it is i don't have to go very many places neither does terry so <laughs> yeah uh, we don't get worked up about it anymore yeah that used it. to be i'd be out there shoveling the, the driveway right away right. but yeah i just you know just as long as you have your bread and your milk i think it'll be good to go yeah, That's, those right. are the two key uh ingredients exactly. for the snow showers Coming off the Chiefs' final game of the season, it was a 13-12, to kid you not, 13-12 to win uh, <laughs> over the Los Angeles Chargers. Blaine Gabbert gets the W. Not a ton of Chiefs uh, that are considered top players played in this game, but it was good experience for the younger Chiefs, and uh, now we'll be looking ahead toward Wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. Uh, we'll get up into that in a second, but it'll be the Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. As we've said, a lot of times, if you leave us a rating and a review, we'll read it on the editor's show. And so we'll do that quickly right now. We got three to read. This one is from Ridhouse. AP is an unmatched source for the Chiefs content. I'm always up for a dose of Pete's unrelenting optimism, along with the top-notch insight provided by <laughs> John Dixon. There's no one funnier in the Chiefs kingdom than Ron the show. I never miss one of his episodes. With respect to Butker and Deflategate 2.0, my dad and I were debating how much the inflation rate matters to a professional kicker. Our argument boiled down to whether I claim Butker could kick an empty one-gallon milk jug through at least 25 yards. We ended up testing our theory with a milk jug in the field behind the house, but the results are inconclusive. I know you guys are busy, but could you give us your perspective on this? Keep up the great work and thanks for your service to Chiefs Kingdom. I remember when Butker uh, first came to the Chiefs. Uh, you know, you you get to see some of the the field goal practice during this the small media session that we're allowed each day. There is a a palpable boom, sonic boom sound that comes off the ball when Butker kicks it that maybe I hadn't heard with previous Chiefs kickers. No offense to Cairo Santos, who just actually signed a really nice deal with the Chicago Bears. So congratulations to him. 
But uh, I, you know, I'm kind of saying that no matter what the object is, Butker is getting a hold of it, and and he's sending that that thing at least 25 yards. Uh, John, do you believe uh, the butt kicker would be able to send a, a milk carton 25 yards down the field? No, I don't. I no. think that the an empty milk split. A, an empty milk jug is going to have too much wind resistance because of its slow density. Right. Uh, uh, so, so still uh, inconclusive for this uh, poor gentleman yeah. who's trying to just find an answer here. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. Uh, let's move on with our next review. My nickname. Uh, does this show know how important Tony's explosive plays are to the offense? Everyone should make maybe take it easy on Tony moving forward. Uh, I don't know how much we're going to talk about Tony on this show, so we might as well just say it quickly here. I, I think ideally he would be available for the postseason, but I don't know if the Chiefs are willing uh, at this stage to put him in any kind of consistent role, you know, what would the snaps be in that case, John? Like I, I could oh. see him being in more of like a gadget role where you design the touches for him uh, mm -hmm. yeah. 10 to 15 range. Right. I don't think he's going to be a guy the chiefs trust to build a game plan around at this stage. Uh, I, and it, it'll actually make for a very fascinating off season when it comes to Darius Tony, in my mind. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he'll be here next year. Uh, he might be, but I, I think the wide receiver room will, will look really different. Well, you know, uh, I know a lot of people think that's going to be true of Marquez Valdez Scandling uh, after this season, that, that that he'll be just be gone because there'll be cap money they can get by releasing him and so on and so forth. But yet he was a guy that didn't play yeah. during Tricks Sunday's game. You know, they treated him as a, as a valuable starter who needed rest. Mm -hmm. So I'm not entirely sure that, and I know this will make a lot of people mad, I'm not entirely sure the Chiefs are that unhappy with Valdez Scantling. Um, yeah. uh, if it were me, I would, I would, I would make a move. I'd say we need that cap space more than we need your production. Right. But um, you know, the Chiefs may look at it differently than we do. Maybe it's got to do with his downfield blocking. I don't know. But I think um, so. I, I think I agree and disagree with you. I think I agree with you on this season. I think he's still going to be someone that is going to play in the playoffs. I think the the chiefs don't have really have any other options of, of of players they trust to know the playbook and well that's uh, that's fair yeah uh can you know and i i think they have to and i you know and i think andy reed also too uh this is obvious but it, it is worth being said is way less reactive than fans where you know sure. he, andy remembers what marquez valdez scantling was able to do in the afc title game Weird to say, but I don't know if the Chiefs advanced to the Super Bowl without Marquez Valdez-Scantling's performance in the AFC title game. So right. they have seen him be productive before. Now, where I disagree with you is he's gone for me. Um, 315 yards and a $12 million hit. Can't do it. I'm with you there. I just think yeah. that I'm, we're talking about, you know, there's a difference between what I think they should do and what you think they should do and right. what they will do. And yeah, but, I just think yeah. there's too many things to address <laughs> to keep that guy on your roster for that money. Yeah, well, I, I, and, and I agree. Yeah. They've made more difficult decisions with more important players like Justin Houston comes to mind, for example. And Justin sure. Houston, you could argue now hindsight 2020. Right. But he had some pretty productive years left. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you though on this year. Marquez Valdez Scantling is going to be getting snaps, uh, whether we like it or not. All right, uh, this last one's from Brandon and PDX. I appreciate the whole AP lineup. It's part of my routine all week at work as a mail carrier walking around listening to podcasts. The editor's show is important for putting things in perspective. Mark Gunnels gets me back up after Casey's all-too-often losses, and show and BK make me laugh and prepare me for the 2023 Chiefs to be the 2023 Chiefs. Much like many of my exes will say, 
We are what we show you. Mahomes and Reed are right. If the bad things didn't happen, we'd be good. Yeah, I mean it. It's a it's a fair point. I don't know if we had to bring your exes into this, but uh, <laughs> but I I think and this is obvious as well. I mean, I keep saying obvious things in response to these reviews, but right now the Chiefs are zero and zero again. Didn't matter. Right. It wouldn't matter right now if they went seventeen and zero. Uh, let right. alone 11 and six, or if they had blown yesterday, 10 and seven, whatever it is. So we restart the the record here, John, and we look toward the schedule of this week. So we get through yesterday's game and immediately, or I, I wouldn't say immediately, it was like about halfway through the Sunday night football game, the schedule comes out, the playoff schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. And what I, I found interesting here was the Chiefs got the Peacock game without NBC knowing if it was going to be Steelers Chiefs or Dolphins Chiefs. So uh, what that tells me is they just wanted the Chiefs, you know, and Mm -hmm. I I tend to think Peacock who paid a lot of money to have that exclusive streamed game um, probably had their, their pick of pick of the litter. Uh, And I think, and this, this is a sign of what 2023 has been too. I think the combination of Patrick Mahomes and Taylor Swift was too much for them not to say, we want a lot of people that are going to want to sign up for this service to see what happens on Saturday night. And and uh, worth worth being said here, too, John, and, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of these comments. Uh, the game, if you live in Kansas City, is available on KSHB 41. Uh, trust me, uh, you know, I have a part time gig there. My my superiors are very excited about this fact because uh, there will be a lot of coverage <laughs> going into the game. And, you know, that's going to be a very highly rated game here in Kansas City. Uh, but for you out of town, Chiefs fans, and I know a lot of you listen to our podcast network. It is what it is. It's it's peacock or or bust. Uh, this is the the new world that we're living in, John. And uh, and I can understand why people are upset. But you know, if 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 you want some benefit of the doubt, right? We had some reviews talking about my optimism. You sign up for Peacock. <laughs> you get English Premier League games. The Office is available on Peacock and. In just 20 days, WWE Royal Rumble, you get to find out who uh, advances to WrestleMania to see the the WWE champion one on one in the middle of the squared circle. So there's a lot more every, that comes with Peacock. Yeah, yeah and, every episode of Saturday Night Live as well. And SNL. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you're looking at, for some bright side of Peacock, I know it's a very unpopular. <laughs> it's a very unpopular thing that has happened here. Um, but that is the situation at hand, John. Yeah. You know, uh, I'd like to point out, I've had a commenter mention this, and uh, it's true. You can actually watch this game on NFL Plus as well, okay. but only on mobile devices. You can't oh. watch it on your TV. You can't connect your mobile device to a TV and then watch it that way. You, it just it only works if you got a phone or a tablet. Now, some people are comfortable watching TV that way. I'm not. I, I, you know, I, I want to sit and look at the TV on the other side of the room because I'm an old guy, but younger people, um, don't mind watching games that way, especially if they have a tablet, you know, or I guess you could do it on a, on a laptop too, a screen. If, if, if you're a nerd, like our producer, Steven Serta, who's about to join us for marinated takeaways on the season in in a few minutes here, he has somehow rigged up his entire garage to have movies played there. Yeah. There are probably ways that I that people way smarter than me could figure out that where you could stream this mobile thing into your TV. I have no idea how to do that. Uh, but look, if you, you, you there's what five days to Google. I think there are some <laughs> some workarounds here. I'm also sure there's you know, and I'm not 
I'm not saying go out and do this. Don't name Pete Sweeney when you get caught, but I'm sure there are some streams <laughs> online that you could probably could access to watch this. Yeah, I don't know anything about those other than a lot of them don't work very well. Right. And I will say this. I watched um, the uh, game last night on Peacock just because it was easier for me to. Well, I don't actually get that channel very well on the antenna at my house here in yeah. Pleasant Valley. Um, so I watched it on Peacock last night and after having watched some games on Amazon this year, for me, mm-hmm. the Amazon, uh, signal was not very good. Froze quite yeah. a bit, fritzed out quite a bit. The Peacock image was terrific. Yeah. It was very stable. And some so of the I, services are better than others. Right. I've, I've seen yeah. that at prime, even out watching the game, um, you know, Thursday night football this year at, at bars where it's kind of come in and out and it's not. Uh, you know, it just depends on where where you go and how strong the the internet connection is. I mentioned the Premier League. I watched the Premier League games, and if you don't have Peacock, you know, you're not going to necessarily uh, have your team quote unquote's games. And I, me and my friends have picked Tottenham, and sometimes sometimes Tottenham is just on Peacock. I what what I would say, and and we can, we can stop talking about Peacock and saying the word so much is uh i think this is like the new reality like we saw Mm -hmm. streaming on prime uh we saw a playoff game now um solely on peacock if you're out of market and i think you're going to see more of that as we go right like the nfl's just like the international series which isn't the most popular thing i understand you may not like it but i just think it's going to be more you know i think they're already talking about having an international game per week or you know maybe even having an international team same type of thing so there's a lot of money, unfortunately, in this streaming, and it's uh, a wave of the future. And the Chiefs get the get that lone Peacock game on uh, the Wild Card Weekend. What this means, though, short rest again for Kansas City, right? Uh, you know, once again, I, I guess there is a slight advantage in the fact that their game finished hours before the Miami Dolphins played in a, a bit of a dogfight against the Buffalo Bills. Pretty good Sunday night football game. I know that a lot of Kansas Cityans were rooting for. Uh, Miami to pull it out because that would have meant Pittsburgh Steelers coming to Kansas City, but instead now the Steelers will be going to Buffalo, and also the Chiefs may have to end up going to Buffalo uh, if things kind of play out as we think could um, as we go here. But uh, the media schedule the next few days basically moves up. So if you're used to Wednesday to Friday, you're in Andy Reid, everything is going to be earlier. Tuesday, we'll get Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Wednesday, we'll get the coordinators. And then Friday we'll get Andy or Thursday we'll get Andy Reid once again. And we will get one mention of uh, today is my Wednesday, probably tomorrow um, or something like that on, on, you know, what would be Wednesday. Andy or the coordinators might say, well, this is our football Thursday, that type of thing. <laughs> this is an Andy Reid uh, routine thing that he always leans into. And so another week of short rest. I mean, that's the bad news, John. Right. And of course, uh, that matters for us, too. <laughs> Right. <laughs> we, if it, it's all about us, as we keep reminding folks listening to the podcast. I don't it mind. It's all I about us. Yeah. I think if I had to choose from a, a little inside football here, but I think if I had to choose from a coverage standpoint, I would have picked Saturday afternoon. But I think Saturday night is probably the next best slot because after that, we are just kind of sitting around waiting to see how it plays out and kind of can enjoy at least some or part of the weekend. You definitely didn't want the Monday night one. Um, yeah, I, I don't, or, yeah. you know, to me Sunday night. So not, not the worst time slot, uh, in the world where it does concern me though, is from an injury standpoint with the Kansas city chiefs. If you go to this game against the chargers from yesterday, a number of injuries occurred in the game. Let's go through them right now quickly. 
Left tackle Wanye Morris has been the left tackle for the past month here with Donovan Smith dealing with an injury. He is now in the concussion protocol. We did see Isaiah Pacheco get through that concussion protocol in five days, but I, I tend to think that's more of an outlier than it is uh, a norm. I wonder if Morris is going to be able to play in this game. It seems like every concussion is different, so it's a little bit right. up in the air. We'll have to kind of watch uh, how his practice goes. Um, but where it gets interesting is Donovan Smith has tried to practice. I believe it's been two weeks in a row. He'll practice the first day, and then they'll shut him down. So I don't, I don't even know if he's going to be eligible. And so what you could be looking at there is what the Chiefs did in the game, John. It looks to me like if those two players, Morris and Smith, were unavailable, you'd be looking at Jawan Taylor at left tackle and right. Lucas Niang uh, going to right tackle, which... It's not ideal. Uh, not as bad as 2020, but just not an ideal scenario as you head into what is the season's most important game. You know, I would have to wonder whether Jawan Taylor might be better combined with Joe Tooney on the left than he is with Trey Smith on the right. Yeah. You know, you never know how these things are going to play out uh, when you guy, you know, have guys playing next to each other. We might find that he's better on the left side just because he's got Tooney next to him instead of the younger player. Who knows? We'll just yeah. have to see. Yeah. Uh, I, you know that there'll be eyeballs on Taylor. I mean, the, the refs have yeah. been watching him all year, and uh, we'll see. Uh, very uncertain at this point, but again, mm -hmm. worth monitoring yeah. as we go. Other injuries in the game. Wide receiver Justin Ross uh, had a hamstring injury. This is a shame because I think he probably was playing his way into like at least uh, maybe like a red zone specialist type of look. Mm -hmm. He showed a couple yeah. of... Uh, what did he have? Two catches in the game. One of them was a really nice high point. It was. Where yeah. You can just throw the ball up. I'm thinking more in the end zone. This was in the middle of the field because he got to play the whole game. But uh, we throw up one on one ball, and he, you know, I think you got a pretty good chance of of him coming down with it. So it's a shame that he has a hamstring injury. Hamstring in a game and then quickly ruled out is not good. I don't see him playing uh, this week. I actually think he'll be out of practice, maybe um, down the road in the playoffs. But a hamstring quickly ruled out is is um not ideal but i guess if there's one position the chiefs have what 70 receivers on this team so um <laughs> they'll be okay uh at that position yeah um i was very impressed with ross's catch uh in yesterday's game uh i'd like to see more of that yeah. but uh but you're right we may not see him um uh, the rest of this season uh, if the Chiefs yeah. don't get another game. And this so. is great. The, the thing that I wanted the most was a third straight straight year of preseason hype with nothing to back it up. Um, and so we're good. <laughs> that's what we got. This is going to be great. Um, cornerback uh, Jalen Watson injured his calf uh, in this game. It seemed like this is the least the uh, serious of the three injuries. I think he'll be all right. And obviously he is more of a reserve type of cornerback for this team, but still an important piece to to watch. And then safety Chamari Connor. Andy didn't mention Connor. Uh, after the game but he did look a little shaken up so i just think that 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 is worth watching uh, as we go here as well if you go back to last week there were a number of players who didn't play in this game with injuries and didn't practice last week uh, we mentioned tony uh, didn't practice toward the end of the week and was ruled out he continues to deal with a hip and ankle injury uh, wide receiver rasheed rice he has a, a hamstring injury that kept him out of practice all of last week but uh seeing him pregame he was smiling with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey all in their street clothes. So I don't know. I just tend to think Rice will be back in the mix. And then uh, cornerback with Jerry Sneed, 
kudos to Snead for playing uh, in that second to last game because he was out of practice all last week with a calf injury. He was out of practice all of the week before and then managed to get on the field and handle Jamar Chase. And so uh, the the meaningless game afforded the Chiefs to to give him some time off. I tending I'm tending to think he'll be limited or maybe even a no practice again this week. And, and that way he'll be available for uh, the Dolphins. Uh, we know that if there's any team in the league where you're going to want to have Legereus Sneed, it is these uh, Miami Dolphins, all too familiar with what uh, Tyree Kill can do as far as wrecking a, a game, John. I think it's worth mentioning, too, that Sneed has been a player who's been effective even when he's missed a full week of practice. Remember, at the tail end of training camp, uh, he was out every day and then came out when the season began and was his normal self. There wasn't any sign that he hadn't been practicing all that much. So he at least is a player that we can anticipate will play well, even if he doesn't get all the practice time that he might get otherwise. Really interested in seeing what happens with him this offseason. I mean, he, he clearly yeah. is an elite free agent and he's unrestricted. So Chiefs have Jones coming up and Snead. I just wonder how they navigate that situation. Speaking of Chris Jones, uh, Chris Jones, as we know, John played in this game. <laughs> Cracked me up <laughs> watching him celebrate, finally getting the sack in the third quarter. Uh, I wrote it up this way in our rapid reaction. I felt like he probably shouldn't have been playing. And, uh, you know, I, I there were different takes on this. You know, one side was like, well, the Chiefs should have just paid it. Uh, and that way to maintain his health. Another side probably was like, well, Chris decided to hold out and didn't play in week one and he would already have it. And now he should go and earn it. And what ended up happening was one of your best, most important players playing in a meaningless game in the third quarter. But what happens? He, he gets the sack. It's pretty funny seeing everyone celebrate. You had George Karloftis uh, doing the making it rain symbol. <laughs> and so those uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations that you might have had to have if, if something dire had happened here. Now you just don't even have to have that discussion. So sometimes no, no, it's just the best fun. thing to do yeah. with yeah. Sometimes the best thing to do with, with tough discussions is not have them and move on and agree to disagree. And this is that perfect scenario um, where he got the sack, didn't get injured. You're you're good to move on. It was a lot of fun though to watch that. Um, and I and I think it's good that there was a moment like that in the game. Because there have been very few of them. You know, the Chiefs yeah. have have uh, won 11 games this year, but very few of them are games where you were real happy about them when they were mm -hmm. over because so many of them, even the wins, had, you know, frustrating moments and turnovers and 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 drops and all this other stuff. Um, I, I just feel like there wasn't a whole lot of joy in the season. So it was right. kind of a fun moment in that respect to see uh, – Jones and the team be all happy about it, even though only Jones was getting the money. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think it's just it's been a year of disappointment across the board. This team yeah. has established itself as one of the elite teams in the NFL, and this year just hasn't been so elite. And it's affected the fan base. The fan base has not been happy with it. It's affected the players. It's affected the coaches because they see the criticism and uh, they haven't been happy with the performance. And I said this to Steve earlier today, like, you're right. 100%. I mean, I, I was there last week in the, in the locker room for the first time. You were like, you know what? This team is, is having a bit of fun. Finally, it like smiling yeah. and, you know, celebrating and we, stuff we had seen a little bit more consistently in years past. And then you saw an extension of that yesterday with, with the Jones celebration. And I think maybe even more so than again, 
Mr. Brightside over here, but I think he maybe even more so than <laughs> going into the year, the playoffs with a, a bye week. They're, they might, it's almost like they have nothing to lose. Somehow the champs have found themselves in a position where they can play loose again. Like this is yeah. fun. No one, it's true this year again, no one is really picking the Chiefs uh, ahead of the playoffs. And so a little bit of house money, um, oddly enough, for the reigning champions uh and and i think that's a good place to be when you're entering the postseason well you know you just expressed that in a way that i hadn't thought of expressing it but i feel exactly the same way over the weekend my sister sent me a text asking uh which team she'd be she'd be rooting for during last night's game between the dolphins and the bills Mm -hmm. and i said and you know i've been listening to people talk about this all week you know, well, if the Bills win and this happens, then, you know, this this could happen and this can, you know, blah, 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 it makes you crazy after a while. And I said to my sister, you know, I can't decide. And you know what? Bring them on. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's it, this is a, a season where it's all it's all going to be positive because if they win, they win. If they don't, they don't. We weren't expecting them to do extremely well in this postseason. You're exactly right. It's house money. Right. And so bring them on. Let's see yeah. what happens. I also think there's a, a cool part of this where uh, Tyree Kill um, comes back to Arrowhead. I think a lot of people, including myself, I you know, I think there was something lost by having that game in Germany. Not to say that I don't think the Chiefs should be playing overseas. I think it's a great business opportunity right. for yeah. the NFL. And like I was talking about with Peacock, I really have grown to enjoy following the Premier League they don't play any games over here. Like it's, I can understand where people really enjoy the NFL in other countries. And I think giving them the opportunity to see games. However, uh, this is a game that should have been at Arrowhead during a regular season um, with Tyree kill coming to uh, Kansas city. And now you get that with uh, everything on the line. It's kind of a makeup for not having that game here. I think it helps that the chiefs actually played this team before. And so, you know, to me, right. Um, I think it, you know, it's fine. I, I think you probably would have preferred the Pittsburgh Steelers, but in the NFL playoffs, the best teams will win, and you probably will see them anyway. If the Steelers are good enough, they'll beat the Bills, and they'll get a, a matchup with the, their division rival, the Baltimore Ravens, in the next round, and you kind of see how you, you know where you go here. Um, but I, I do like the fact that you, you finally get that Tyreek Hill return angle and we know he won't be shy about talking about some of the storylines that go with it uh we'll have a little bit more of a preview when we get to the final segment here i also want to quickly talk about travis kelsey before we take a break john travis kelsey chose himself not to play in this game sounded to me in the post-game presser that andy Reid would would have been willing to run him out there to try to get these 16 yards for eight straight seasons of a thousand and i had been texting with some some colleagues heading into the weekend and i i promise you i wrote you know everything he has done to an extent, especially recently, has been calculated. And I said, don't rule out this like almost like Cal Ripken-esque. I'm going to take a seat, end the streak, kind of give a little bit less attention on myself, do the right thing for the team, uh, be 100% for the postseason, and end up being an active for the game. And Andy Reid commended him. Uh, he didn't want to play uh, in this game. And so one of the more historic runs uh, in NFL history, seven straight seasons of 1,000 yards or more comes to an end at seven. Uh, as we've said a number of times, the next best streak of 1,000 yards for a tight end in NFL history was three. And uh, again, I, I like the move. I also think that a move like that continues to push and nudge in the direction of, could this be the end 
uh, of Kelsey uh, as far as a playing career, you know, as, as he starts to say goodbye to some of these things he, that might have meant even a little bit more to him as he was a younger developing player. Well, even if he plays next year, uh, even if he doesn't play next year, this is a record that's going to stand for a long time. I yeah. think it's very likely that uh, no one will break it during Kelsey's lifetime. And he may have may he may have come to realize that he cares more about winning championships at this point. You right. know, he's set a record that's going to stand for a very long time. Um, and so who cares? You know, yeah. the rings are going to matter more to him at this point. So I kind of, you know, on after reflecting on it, it makes sense to me. I was a little surprised. I would have thought that, you know, he'd be all about getting a thousand yards. But he's also uh, a guy that has matured as an individual and has become a, a team leader. We've seen that. He's a long way from the, you know, talking about the referee who couldn't get a job at Foot Locker. Yeah. You know, we've come a long way from there. And he's demonstrated over and over again that he wants to be a team leader and a guy that people look up to. And that's the move of a team leader. So, yeah. you know, we probably shouldn't have been surprised uh, that he would take this approach and, um, you know, more power to him. And and maybe it'll make a difference in this this postseason. So, you know, going back to what I said before, bring him on. Let's see what happens. Taylor Swift held down the fort for the trailer couple at the Golden Globes last night. And, uh, man, congratulations to the Baron Succession, two of my favorite shows. Cleaning up, cleaned up at the Golden Globes. Hopefully they continue <laughs> to to win uh some more awards but i you know i think it i think it's it'll be interesting to see how this uh this conversation with kelsey goes uh one of the caveats of the, the chiefs being a little closer to the pack is this this thing could be over at any time so whether it's a right. loss or a super bowl win i think the the language of kelsey following that game will be something to to watch and and uh take in because i don't know i mean i used to be in this uh, thought process where I just, I didn't see him retiring anytime soon. And just the way this year has gone and some of the decisions that have been made and just some of the things that he has said through local media, his podcast, these major stories um, that have picked up wall street journal and so on. I think anything can happen. I really do. So we will see uh, what Travis Kelsey decides to do. All right. That's our first segment. When we come back, we will get into those world famous marinated takeaways. Stay with us. Well, I'm going to let this marinate. You know, let that one marinate, and then we can circle back. Adapt. React. Readapt. Takes time. It takes years. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, it is time for those world-famous marinated takeaways. John, it's been 30 minutes. We haven't even talked about this yet. We had quite a little bit of a hiatus because of scheduling <laughs> for the editor's show. So uh, rather than this just being marinated takeaways on the Gabbert Chiefs and their success, I am elongating the, the span here to the entire 2023 season. And with that, I'd like to welcome in uh, everyone's favorite Grinch, Steve Serta, into the, our Arrowhead Pride podcast producer into the program. And Steve, uh, we will start with you. What is your 2023 marinated first 2023 marinated takeaway from the Chiefs? Well, thank you for uh, yeah. le letting me go first after that incredible introduction. Yeah, of um, course. 
So I, I thought a lot about these, like my, my overall feelings on this Kansas City Chiefs team in this season. And I feel like this is a conversation that we have had in years past, but it, to me, it makes the most sense right now, more so than it ever has before in the Patrick Mahomes era, that this offseason is one that is going to be one of the most important offseasons uh, for, for the Chiefs' future and, and their ability to continue to try to be in Super Bowls and continue to try to be you know, the top team in the conference because we're seeing all these other teams really kind of ascend right now. And the draft class has got some really good quarterback talent. And there's just a lot of guys in the league right now that are really, really talented. And the chiefs have more question marks this off season than they have in any recent off season. And we're talking about an off season where, you know, they had to rebuild the entire offensive line and they lost a super bowl because uh, of that offensive line group from the year before. And so that was a big thing. And then this past off season, it's Chris Jones and, you know, they trade Tyreek Hill away two years ago and then it's the wide receivers. And like they found a one year fix for the wide receiver group. And now it's kind of in shambles again, outside of Rasheed Rice. But as far as the free agents that they have that potentially are going to hit the market, the decisions that they have to make, they still don't have answers at the tackle position on either side, really, that you feel totally comfortable with. Yep. Travis Kelsey is clearly slowing down and is clearly not the same superstar player that we've come to know and love, even though I still know, think that he is a great player. He's just he's lost steps, 34 years old. And then all of the defensive question marks where I, I think this is the best version of the Chiefs defense that we are going to have for a long time, barring them just absolutely continuing to knock these draft picks out of the park. And so there's a lot of tough decisions that are going to be made this offseason that are going to have huge ripple effects for the future and how competitive they are here in the future, because we know they're going to be competitive. We know they're always going to be a, a perennial playoff team, as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback, Andy Reid's their head coach. But as far as truly like AFC powerhouse, you are the best team in the conference. You're the favorite to win a Super Bowl every year. I think this offseason is going to have a lot to say uh, about the future and, and what we and what our expectations should be. And after this season, we should probably dial back the expectations here and there because uh, – it was a very frustrating season for Chiefs fans, but I think that's only because the expectations are so absurdly high for this team at this point. And the NFL is designed that way, too. I mean, as you have more success, it's tougher to keep the success going, and that's why you, for the most part, right? I mean, I think there's probably 25 teams that feel like, okay, we can make the playoffs this year. There are those six that you're like, oh, I don't know how this year's going to go. Um, but But that's part of how the NFL designs it. This is why we love bringing Steve on to the editor show. You know, if I am a positive yin, he is a negative yang. And that that <laughs> makes for the balance that we need. I'm with you, though. I think it's an important offseason. I wanted to add a point to your point, Steve. There was uh, something that you should remember. And this is a throwback. But Patrick Mahomes restructured his contract. John, you, you're more into this than I am. But uh, the roster bonus time changed. And so this is going to be a very complicated offseason as to I think the Chiefs trying to figure out how much money they need to create to make sure that uh, there is flexibility you can surround Patrick Mahomes with talent uh, it used to be around March and now uh, it is in May so this will allow you to kind of figure out how the rest of the offseason goes before you could 
hit those guaranteed mechanisms up to create more cap space if you need to. John, am I missing any explanation? No, no, that's a that's an excellent point, uh, Pete, and I and I think it's one that we didn't really fully appreciate at the time the contract was restructured. Right. Because it's one of those things that people really don't pay that much attention to. Most people just focus on the average per year and because the salary cap is so difficult to understand. But this is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Because um a lot of people just didn't get that after mid-March, usually I think it was um St. Patty's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Great March holiday. 17th. <laughs> um they would pay him his uh, guaranteed money for the season. And at that point they had the opportunity to create some cap space by turning some of it into signing bonus. And once that was done, they couldn't do it anymore. And now simply by moving that date until after the draft, that opens up the possibility for them to decide how much money they need when they know how much money they're going to need. Right. Cause you, you know, if, if things had been a little different in this season, it's not hard to imagine they could have come up with a wide receiver during the off season program uh, right, that, right. that would have made a difference, you know, so on. And you could carry this out on any number of different levels, but they thought they'd get Chris Jones signed to a deal and they didn't. And now they've put a, a system in place so that if that happens again, they'll be better uh, able to deal with it. So I think that's a very underrated aspect of what they did with his contract restructure yeah i i think uh i think it'll be interesting to see how they navigate that with mahomes's contract to creating more room when they need it and it does just offer the personnel staff more clarity on how to approach all of these situations all right john let's go to your first marinated takeaway of the 2023 nfl season well i think it's mostly just about expectations um i think that it's real easy for us to forget how far we've come in such a short time, you know? Um, I mean, yes, since Patrick Mahomes became the starter, we've become this team that uh, has succeeded beyond anybody's wildest dreams. And yet we forget that once upon a time, making the playoffs was a laudable goal in and mm. of itself. And um, I I'm really surprised that so many fans are so upset by failing to get the the top postseason seed and uh you know not beating other teams by huge scores look the chiefs haven't been beating other teams by huge scores even with mahomes because as you know it pete that's the way that the league is built right and it's just that this year they've had enough problems that some of those games have gone the other way how many of these games have been because of turnovers and one play that went the wrong way for the Chiefs. And uh, so I think that that's something we need to remember, not only in the playoffs this season, but in the years to come. Um, you know, even the Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl every year. They may have won their division every year, and the Chiefs did that. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, They're approaching that record. They're at eight now, yeah, and yeah. we could get to 11. I, I think Patriots is a good team to bring up because that was very clearly – the most important impressive run in NFL mm -hmm. history. Sure. And they won six in 20 years. There were 14 seasons where they did not win the title. I also think, uh, and this will build builds into my uh first marinated takeaway. I've said this in a number of places, but I just want to reiterate it here. The AFC is going to be sick if the Chiefs advance this year. We mentioned house money. Uh, this is one of the more flawed 
Chiefs teams, probably the most flawed team, especially offensively, of the Patrick Mahomes era. And building a little off Steve's point, too, they're going to fix this offense as far as weapons they have in this offseason. This is the window right now. This playoffs is the window for teams like the Buffalo Bills, for teams like the Baltimore Ravens, for a team uh, even like the Miami Dolphins. I mean, they have to win this game on on uh, Saturday because uh, it just is the best opportunity with, with the Chiefs on the ropes, so to speak, to go for the knockout. And if they manage uh, to still win this tournament and get to the Super Bowl, the AFC should be sick. This is their opportunity. I mean, really, it, it they should be physically ill that they were not able to accomplish it because I think, you know, to an, a lot of the disappointed fans point, I, I'm with you. I think, you know, it, it is smart to remember eight or nine years ago that the playoffs were the goal. But that being said, I, I think this offense is going to be back, quote unquote, next year. They identified Rasheed Rice as a guy. I think to Steve's point, they now know, that Travis Kelsey probably more of a a high end uh, two or low end one and may need to bolster the tight end position. I think they've established that Isaiah Pacheco can be that guy. They kind of have really, I think, figured out their identity. They do need to add pieces for 2024, but it's going to be way better. And so here's the opportunity for the rest of the AFC. And if they don't do it, and I think the Chiefs are among those who could make a run here, <laughs> nauseating. Other teams should should could, should throw up uh, if they're not able to <laughs> win the AFC Championship this year. All right, Steve, let's go back to you for your second and final marinated takeaway of 2023. This is another one. Just you know, thinking of of their needs and, and the issues that they've had this season, and this is really just me leaning into uh, how I would uh, construct things for the future, and I think. The biggest decision that I that I think starts immediately when the offseason begins is how do you get Legarius Sneed on a long term deal for the Chiefs? Um, you know, coming into the season, I think the thought uh, amongst us and, and, and a lot of people who covered the Chiefs was like, "Yeah, Sneed will probably hit free agency like Charvarius Ward did," because you know all offseason it was Chris Jones. You got to get the Chris Jones deal done, and there was virtually nobody talking about Legarius Sneed. Like, I know this is a fourth round pick guy who's headed into a free agency year, and and there's been nothing. Like, there's been no conversations uh, about an extension here in Kansas City, and the level that he's played at this season, and it's just something that he's built and built and built every year. He's come back better for the Kansas City Chiefs. And now you have Trent McDuffie, who's got an opportunity to continue to build on what has been a tremendous second season. I just think it, it's really rare that you have two corners like that, that are young and talented, who are guys that you drafted and developed that are legitimate cornerstones of your defense, where you know we see these secondaries just fall apart really fast in the NFL, and you got two young guys who have a chance to legitimately be the best cornerback tandem in the NFL over the next several years. I think that's something that you spend money on. And, and that's something that you invest in because and when we saw the chiefs let Charvarius Ward go, like I was fine with that. Charvarius Ward was a really underrated corner for the chiefs for a long time. And he's been tremendous for the San Francisco 49ers. Like, but I don't regret them letting Charvarius Ward go because the chiefs had something in place in Legarius Sneed already. But right. I, I just think that, they're the guys that those kinds of guys Legarius need is the kind of guy that you draft and you pay and you keep around because he has been that good for you and that valuable for your defense. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm with you and you, you start to wonder what that means for the rest of the, 
the team build. Like I know everyone is obsessed with wide receiver in round one this year, but what if they were able to get someone like T Higgins in free agency? Would they make sure to sign Legarius Sneed and then have to go defensive tackle in round one, trade up to get an, an impact player there? Uh, that's where also the development of Felix and DK Azama, who had an all right game yesterday. And I think his strength program is going to be huge for uh, the chiefs and their build uh, as you go here. But it, it does make you think about Chris Jones, and and I think there was optimism on the team side that they would get something done, and maybe that would have led to contracts for Legarius Sneed, um, you know, other players that that needed to be signed. But it, it just played out how it played out. Uh, Chris Jones yesterday in an interview was just straight up like, "I lost money in my holdout. That's why I'm getting my money back." And he was excited <laughs> about that. But uh, you know that. The situation played out as it did. I don't think anyone's really happy with the result, but it's led to some tough decisions coming up in this uh, next offseason. All right, John, uh, your final marinated takeaway of 2023's regular season. I kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago uh, before we went on our holiday break, as it were. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that the wide receiver core in 2023 wasn't that much different than it was in 2022. And um, and even at the end, Rasheed Rice ended up being pretty much a one for one replacement for Juju yeah. Smith Schuster. Um, so why was it different? Why did we have so many of these players uh, suddenly dropping the ball more often? And although still a percentage, not all of their, their throws right. or not all the passes that went to them were dropped. Um why did that happen? And I, I mentioned that in a situation like this, maybe we should be thinking about Patrick Mahomes because he's the common factor in all of those passes. Um, and I looked at some numbers today, and um, in 2023, he had the lowest QBR of his career at mm-hmm. 62.9, the lowest passer rating uh, uh, as a starter at 92.6, that's not a good number for Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. The, uh, but what goes into that passer rating, the biggest chunk of it is the interception percentage and the touchdown percentage, um, that he had the highest interception percentage, um, of his career as a starter, 2.3% and the lowest touchdown percentage as a starter, 4.5%, um, and two pick sixes. You know, that's right. not something the Chiefs have typically done is uh, have touchdowns scored on interceptions. Yeah. I think if you took Patrick Mahomes' mistakes out of the equation this year, that he, t- you know, threw a few fewer interceptions, didn't have a fumble or two that he had this year. I mean, he's going to make some mistakes. That just comes with the territory. But if it just come down a little bit, maybe the Chiefs win two more games this year and two more games would have made all the difference in where they are in terms of the playoffs and where people are in terms of their expectations. Nobody'd be talking about these drops. Right. And I, I just think, and I'm not saying this because I think we need to get rid of Patrick Mahomes or that he's kind of (laughs) falling down or anything like that. Don't misunderstand me. I have complete confidence that he and his coaches that Andy Reid will, they'll figure this out. And he'll be better next year. He'll come back. Well, and yeah, but it's it, we just have to start talking about what's real here. I don't think all the ride receivers got bad all of a sudden. I think that Patrick just is a little bit off this year. Yeah, there's a couple angles to this. Uh, and I, 
I think in the dichotomy of the team and, and a fan base, Mahomes has done so much good and is so beloved that mm-hmm. he he can't play poorly. He can't. It's got to be other players. And I think to an extent, it was not talked about this year. It's kind of was like in this big elephant in the room. Not to say he was bad, but by his standards, he underperformed this sure. year. Yeah. And I think while you say that, you also have to look at, well, what else was happening? And I think that's part of it, too. I think at times the protection was bad, worse than it has been in previous seasons. I think there have been cases where, oddly enough, and this doesn't get a ton of attention either, Creed Humphrey is not snapping the ball completely well. And I think that has affected the time a little bit as far as that, the quarterback clock. The receivers have not you know, gotten as much separation as they had in previous years. This is why I don't blame the personnel staff, because I think they were seeing what we all saw last year and you were like oh you know what Marquez Valdez Scantling is a veteran he's going to be maybe looking for another contract or wanting to stay with the Chiefs and make that money in in the the final year he he won't really fall off Sky Moore looked pretty good and they had a great Super Bowl Sky Moore and and Kadarius Tony they're certainly going to take a step because they're in their uh they're in their early 20s and that's what guys in their early 20s do especially guys with with the the evaluations that we had coming coming out with before the draft pick and then the trade and like they just didn't. Kadarius Tony was hurt. He had one injury after another all year, and then Sky Moore just kind of hit this wall that you didn't anticipate based upon everything that led up to it. He looked great in training camp. He went to every day of camp. Pat, uh, Pat liked him. They wanted to feature him. It just never happened for Sky Moore. And so I think there's a lot more to it. But I think you're right. Like Patrick Mahomes maybe having by his standards, a down year, Mm -hmm. did not like help things. And it's okay to say that, but it doesn't necessarily mean you suddenly are trying to get rid of, obviously, what is the one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen, if not the best, through six or seven years. And uh, granted to hear, too, like if they were to go on a run, no one is going to care about how the regular season went or what the wide receiver room looked like. (laughs) Right. It's just going to be all if right. They figure it out this week. It'll be great. <laughs> That's the beauty of American sports. You yeah. win, you win, and you advance, and you know it doesn't really matter. All right, my final Mariner takeaway is: I just think this is worth remembering as we approach the playoffs, uh, trying to put things in perspective as usual. This could be the last dance for this version of the Chiefs in a lot of ways. I think there is uncertainty about Travis Kelsey. We talked about definitely about Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones is wearing another uniform. I'm not sure the means of how that goes, tag and trade, walks, to get the Chiefs get a comp pick or whatever. I think he is not getting paid by the Kansas City Chiefs. Willie Gay Jr. I don't think is here. Um Clyde Edwards-Alaire. <laughs> Maybe some Chiefs fans are happy about this. Uh, but he had a nice stretch to the end of his career, but I don't think he's here. So I think especially offensively, definitely some key defensive pieces. This is going to be a different looking team. Uh next year and it's worth remembering that as we go into this final ride like it, it's kind of sad in a way like you're not sure if this is going to be travis kelsey's final games as an nfl player you're not sure um and this is more probable but you're, you're, you're going to see chris jones in a carolina panther uniform next year or so, you know it's, it's just just an odd phenomenon just to remember uh as we go and i think that can help motivation as well um just these guys realizing like this could really this could really be it here. Let's try to make the most of this opportunity that we have starting on, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I, I think that's right. Uh, but, you know, it's not the first time we've been through this. You know, uh, we didn't know it was going to be Tyreek Hills last season. No, uh, definitely, not. <laughs> and, uh, definitely not. And there has been change that the Chiefs have gone through and uh, Tyreek Hill being a great example. And they still won the Super Bowl. 
you know, right. after going through that change that a lot of people thought would uh, make an enormous impact on the team. And there are some who now believe that we're just now seeing the result. So we're finally seeing that impact, although I don't agree with that. I, I think that um, I think it's something else. I don't know what it is. It may be a lot of factors, uh, but uh Go ahead, you know, John. Changes... It's it's Connor Embry's fault. The whole season is on Connor. No, Embry. no, now don't now don't get me started on this because <laughs> I think I think Connor Embry's getting a really bad rap without really any anybody having a real understanding of what he does. I'm and I, kidding. yeah, I, I don't get me started on that deal. We'll have we'll have a whole rant to deal with. So. Oh, okay, all right. We're gonna back off. Uh, final thing before we let Steve go, Steve. Uh, it's Chiefs and Dolphins. You know, you we know you're gonna shoot us straight. How does this game play out on Saturday? I actually feel pretty good about the Kansas City Chiefs in this. Look one. at that. Um, That's what we want. Yeah. I just think because uh, I, I and I was kind of listening to some Miami-based stuff this morning to just see what the conversation was after they lose to the Buffalo Bills. And get this research you know, by this guy. And I think a, a lot of the feeling there is, and I and I think this is without without really being like locked into how the Kansas City Chiefs have been playing and everything that's been playing in their favor is like, oh, we can play the Chiefs and we can beat them because they've been struggling this season, and it's like totally overlooking the fact that Miami's defense has totally fallen apart. Like yeah. their defense mid season was playing like a top 10 unit in the NFL, but that was before they lost both of their star pass rushers. Their secondaries in shambles right now. They lost another pass rusher last night. Uh, their linebackers are really banged up. Like their defense has totally fallen apart due to injury. And I think the chiefs can exploit that. I think Spags is going to dial things up and give two a lot of, a, a lot of problems. Their offensive lines banged up. I actually feel really good about this matchup for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm pretty Tua, confident in the Chiefs Tua, this week. Tua is not a guy that deals with pressure well. And I should play, uh, yeah. as Steve was mentioning, into Kansas City Sands. All right, thank you to Steve for joining us for Marinated Takeaways. When we come back, we will wrap this thing up with some snap count takeaways and one final quick preview of Chiefs Dolphins on Saturday night. Stay with us. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show, we now turn to that esteemed executive editor, John Dixon, for some snap count takeaways. John, this game didn't matter at all, but maybe it did a little. What did you find out? Well, uh, for one thing, uh, the Chiefs ran the ball quite a bit um, right. on uh, during this game. They passed on just 53% of the plays uh, in this game. That's not the lowest it's been all season, but it's, but it's close to 50-50, which is kind of unheard territory. Uh, for an Andy Reid offense. So that was pretty unusual. Uh, there were eight active players who sat out of this game. Uh, right. Pacheco, Valdez, Scantling, Aladikin, Reid, McDuffie, Bolton, Gay, and Carl Aftis. Usually that list is one, sometimes two players. But normally uh, the Chiefs get everybody they have active for a game out on the field. Uh, sometimes it's just on special teams, but normally it's Blaine Gabbard all by himself on that did not play list. So that was kind of unusual. Um, getting to the actual snaps, 
I have a uh, 2033 trivia question for you. 2033? Yeah, for 10 years from now. You can use this in a bar and make some money. Yeah, sure. Who was, in 2023, the first Kansas City-wide receiver to get 100% of a game's snaps? Mm. (laughs) I guess McCole Hardman? Yep, that's right. McCole (laughs) Hardman was on the field for every offensive snap. Wow. Uh, in Sunday's game. And that hasn't happened in any game this season. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was, I, I was, I mean, I expected Hardman to get some work. Okay. I also thought Valdez Scantling would get some work. That's what most people thought that, well, he's going to be gone at the end of the season anyway. So they're going to put him out there. They don't care if he gets hurt because he's not producing anything anyway. And apparently the Chiefs don't feel that way. So he was sitting out. Hardman's in there for every play. I mean, I, that that was kind of amazing to me that we haven't seen that all year. And here it is in this, you know, meaningless game. And a guy who wasn't even here at the beginning of the season is, the, is on the field yeah. for every snap. I think I think that was by design based upon what Andy was kind of saying last night. It it seems like they wanted to get him involved because he's been banged up, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of this year. Right, uh, right. With the thumb and early on and, and I, I think having we'll to come continue. back to the Chiefs. Yeah. yeah, I think we'll continue to see him because they were using him in a lot of different ways on Sunday. And, um, you know, and he showed that he could do it, you know, made a contested catch at one point. You know, we don't normally see that from McCole Hardman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was that was good. Uh, Richie James at 83 percent was the second highest. Then Ross at 66 and Justin Watson at 31 percent. I'm going to guess that they intended to just play Hardman, James and Ross in this game. And when Ross was injured. Yeah. Watson came in for the rest of his snaps because they only had four guys that got. I don't think Watson played in the first half either. So right, right. I, yeah, uh, I, I think that was right. just about uh, about Ross getting hurt. Yeah, I don't right. think he would have been in there. Um, Blake Bell, seventy-one percent of the snaps. Noah Gray, forty-seven percent of the snaps. Wow. So, so Noah Gray kind of got the semi-starter treatment. Uh, in this game, he 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 played, but not as much as he might normally. Man, I was wrong about Noah Gray. I thought he might develop into this next Kelsey. I mean, he he's a good blocker and can make a few catches here and there, but that that's not it's not going to be in the cards for for Mr. Gray. Yeah, um, well, we'll see. I'm not sure I agree with you that with that, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean it, that's why they play the game. We'll, we'll, right. we'll find, we'll find yeah. out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If 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 Kelsey gets. Uh, dialed back uh, yeah. if he is with the Chiefs for another season or two and gets fewer snaps, we're gonna we're gonna find out That's if right. he could be that guy. Um, we haven't really had that opportunity yet. Um, on defense, uh, Jack Cochran, 100% of the snaps, and also played 85% of the special team snaps. Get him an he oxygen. Had, yeah, he had 103 snaps in this game. Oh now I don't normally look at you know guys who played. Uh, a whole lot of snaps on a couple of phases of the ball, but I thought this would be one where we would see some interesting stuff there. And we did Um, Cam Jones, 98 snaps and Joshua Williams, 90 snaps in uh, Sunday's game. Yeah. Cam Jones and his game kind of made me think Willie Gay is a, uh, unfortunately uh, someone on the outside looking in of 2024. Uh, I think he's a, he's a rookie undrafted rookie. Very nice. Very nice signing by uh, Beach and, and company. And I think they'll bring Tranquil back next year. I think they would rather have Tranquil than Gay. Well, Drew has kind of said in different words that like he is willing to, like he really likes Kansas City and the surrounding area, and he likes to team. And I think he's mm. gonna. 
I think he's going to be willing to sign one of those two to three year beach specials yeah. where they mm-hmm. do all that complicated stuff you and Jared understand with the cap, and then you guys can explain it to me how they managed to get him for <laughs> one million. Um, Eight defensive linemen played in this game. Uh, Felix and Yudike Uzama was tops at 73%. Malik Herring right behind him, and he had a great game. Mm. Uh, picked up a sack there in the last uh, drive, I think it was, uh, in a, an important moment. Uh, followed by Tershawn Wharton and uh, then Chris Jones at 55%, which was not exactly expected. I think everybody thought that Chris Jones had played 10 snaps and that would be the end of it, but ended up playing and well, almost all the way through the third quarter before he finally got that, that sack that put him over, over the edge there. So, well, there so you that's go. what those I saw your, so far. Yeah. Those are your snap counts uh, from the week 18 game. We got about a minute or two left just briefly on this game. We know that, Tyreek Hill is heading back to Kansas City. We are going to probably have a few articles about that. And once again, uh, on arrowheadpride.com as we go, uh, we know that Hill is going to really, really want to play well in this game. So I'm excited to see what the Chiefs do as far as a plan. Imagine it's going to be a Sneed follow situation with a little extra help. Um, and and worth watching here, I think, are the two offensive weapons that are injured right now for the Dolphins and Jalen Waddell and Raheem Mostert. If you're playing the Chiefs, uh, you know I understand it's a down year for the offense, but you want to are going to want, want to have to be full throttle. So those are the team, two names to watch. As Steve alluded to, plenty of injuries right now for Miami. They lost recently Xavier and Howard and Bradley Chubb last night. Andrew Van Ginkle was ruled out uh, of their game, and so who knows what what happens with him? Uh, plenty of injuries on defense. So it's to an extent playing in the Chiefs' hands when you consider the success the defense was able to have against the Dolphins offense in Frankfurt. So they'll be looking to build upon that. And then John, the big one to me, you got a team that plays and practices in Miami, Florida coming to one degree weather. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's going to be real feel around zero degrees at kickoff. And to, to me, you know, I'm not always someone that, that cares about the weather, but I just think in general, this is a huge disadvantage for Miami coming into Kansas city. That's playing right into the chief's hands. You know, this is interesting. Uh, you may have forgotten a couple of things about this game that was in week nine between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. One of them was that everybody thought the Chiefs had made a mistake by not leaving earlier mm. than they did to go right. to Germany. Yeah. And everybody thought that that was going to blow up in their faces. And it turns out that the Chiefs did it exactly right. They came into that game and took a 21 to nothing lead at halftime. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. You know, yeah, after a while, they, all these games didn't, become a blur. So they, then the Chiefs didn't score in the second half, and Miami, right. you know, was firing back. This will be a fun one. Um, I'm going to head out there. Uh, I think Ron's sitting out there too. This is a you're going to need face covering. This is a face covering game. Yeah, like it is. I can't even walk in the parking lot without you know, putting a scarf over my head. So uh, I don't even have to wear contacts. Gonna, I don't have wipers on these on these spectacles here, John. <laughs> Uh, but it should be fun. Should be a fun week uh, as we go. It's going to go quick, right? We got the game on Saturday night, so everything's boom, 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 fast, fast, fast this week. Keep locked in at arrowheadpride.com for all your updates uh, on this game as we go. We'll have uh, the newsletter, arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. Uh, Steve will have the podcast flowing, Arrow, the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. If you leave us a rating and a review, as we did earlier today, we will read it right here on the Arrowhead Pride Editor Show. Thank you to Steve for joining us for our 2023 Marinated Takeaway Roundtable. Thank you to John for joining me as we go. My name is Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com. 
Have a great day and stay safe in that snow if you live in Kansas City and don't need Peacock. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.